to Stargirl Podcast. This is episode 13, the final episode of this first season, Stars and Stripe Part 2. I'm Angie, and I'm here as always with Lissy. And we actually, <laughs> y'all, you guys listened when we asked for <laughs> listener feedback. Wow. Um, we have some podcast reviews and some emails that we got in the past week. So I'm going to start with some podcast reviews that we got on Apple Podcasts. Just to shout out these lovely people who rated and reviewed our podcast. Um, the first one is from Gato Gordo. Um, title, Fun Listen, Five Stars. Energetic and enthusiastic hosts. They are knowledgeable of the source material and keep the episodes light without spouting off unnecessary background details. I am very glad you think that we're staying focused on this podcast because sometimes <laughs> I feel like Lizzie and I can definitely ramble. So thank you for that. I'm glad you appreciate our attempts at concision. Um, our next review is from swink uh insightful and smart is the title with five stars again funny smart hosts give a thoughtful take on star girl with great attention to detail lovely rapport between the hosts and wonderful character analysis i love their perspective and attitude such a fun listen exclamation point it really adds something to watching this show I mean, that's all very nice, Lizzie. <laughs> it is. It's too nice. We were like, you should have seen our faces as we were reading these. We were I like, oh. I know. They think we're funny and smart. Like, where were you guys when I was in high school? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Another five-star review from Rick Sampson. A must listen is the title. I am an old-time Marvel fan who never got into DC characters except Batman. That is until Stargirl. Great cast. And this is a great recap podcast. The morning after the episode, I turn this cast on to listen. Great hosts and a fun show. I like to think that we have fun, Lizzie. I think we have lots of fun here. So cool. I mean, the, the number one thing I can say is that when I watch the episode, the first person I want to talk about the episode with is Angie. So that's, that's probably a good sign that it we're is. doing something right here. My first instinct whenever I watch an episode of Stargirl now is to go scream at Lizzie. And that's her first instinct too. So it's, it's pretty yeah. great. <laughs> uh, another review is from Anarchist Cat. And the title of the review is one, two, three, four, five, six exclamation points. Cool. Five-star review. Love it. Thanks for doing the podcast. You're both fun and a pleasure to listen to each week. Hope Stargirl lasts many seasons, but I hope the move to CW doesn't mean it turns into another 25-episode-per-season show. I have really liked this season. I like the other shows, but they get drawn out sometimes with filler. 13 episodes seems perfect. So, yeah, I think we agree that we love the 13-episode thing. We hope that also continues. It also gives us, the Stargirl podcast, less responsibilities, which is nice. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they continue that. 
I mean, and we also get to complain less because I think if we had more filler episodes, there'd be more episodes of us going, eh, did we really need this? That's true. And then we would get reviews like the host doesn't don't seem to like this show very much. We don't know why they're here. (laughs) And then uh, I saved this podcast review for last because it was just very it really like touched my heart. Uh, It's from Workout Master One. The title of this five star review is Star Girl Podcast is awesome. I enjoyed listening to the Stargirl podcast. The dynamic duo of Angie and Lizzie are very entertaining to listen to. Their informative, humorous, and emotional review of each episode is always a pleasure to listen to. Their discussion of each episode is sometimes better than the episode itself. <gasps> My heart. That's so nice. Is that like the nicest thing someone's ever told me in my life, Lizzie? I think so. I think it's like right near the top. (laughs) Like, I don't really remember the vows my husband made to me on my wedding day, but I'm going to remember this podcast review forever. (laughs) Just kidding, babe. I love you. (laughs) No, but really, this is a great... This is... We are so... We are so lucky that we've only we haven't been on as far as like podcasting for very long. And you guys really came out for us when we asked for more feedback. So thank you very much. Way to step it up on the Apple podcasts. Right. We were overwhelmed in a good way this week. So I I know Angie already said it, but I want to say thank you because it's been super amazing to read all your guys feedback especially considering we had such a great episode which i promise we will get to um yeah. but first i we also got some emails um some of you are amazing and email us like every week like our girl nabiha you are like my favorite it's not that i'm picking favorites but if i were <laughs> um and then um lindsay whose email we read um um previously this is another email and i just have to say that she started the email with holy blueberry waffles batman which is like the best opening of an email that i have ever read (laughs) um uh, but since we've read emails from both of those girls we still love you girls and we angie and i read your emails and i think since we don't have time to go into the episode and answer them on the podcast you might just get an email back um but i I am going to read an email that we got from a new listener called Kristen Williams. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. If not, please email us again and tell me how to pronounce it. Um, And I'm going to read this email because it was nice. It says, Dear host of Stargo Podcast, I am a new subscriber. I wanted to refer to say thank you for your cheerful comedic reviews on the show weekly. has brought me and my family joy in this hard time. (laughs) Joy in this hard time? I'm like... (laughs) like okay well let me wipe my tears okay (laughs) then she she makes a couple of good points she says i wanted to see if you both of you notice a a few contradictions in a few episodes firstly in episode five when the coggles revealed that the original dr midnight had to have been born in 1914 it is weird how in the pilot the actor who played the og dr midnight does not look that old Mm -hmm. yes um, also in episode five, did you guys notice that they name dropped the Red Bee, who was a Golden Age hero who trained bees to fight? Um, I think we did. They I name actually, dropped a lot. Yeah, I think I actually did notice that, and I wrote like a note down, and then we didn't really talk about it because we 
we're screaming about something else. But yes, that's a good um, it's a good name drop for later. We were probably screaming about Rick's lack of emotions uh, or anger management issues in that episode. Yeah. Yes. Um, about the actor who played Dr. Midnight, I sort of, for some reason, assumed there was some weird magic thing going on there. Mm. For, Dr. for Dr. For, Midnight? Yes, for Dr. Midnight. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, he, he really did not look, I don't know, 100. And I know we've mentioned uh, the age discrepancies um, a fair bit on the podcast with the original JSA. Um, the, after what Dragon King is able to do, I sort of assume that everything has a weird-ass explanation. Yes. My thing was, like, and this, like, leads us into potential what they could explore in the second season, especially with, like, the Seven Soldiers of Victory storyline is very much, like, time travel based i think they can throw some of that into season two to explain these like weird dates that they gave us in season one or it was like legitimately a mistake that they made but this show has been so carefully and well done it's not a mistake unless it was like an easter egg to the original comics and not something we're supposed to really think about that's true it's either that or they're going to come back to it at some point yeah. Um, let me continue the email. She says, lastly, the final contradiction was in episode seven. Pat says that Sportsmaster appeared a few decades ago fighting Green Lantern and Wildcat. How did Sportsmaster survive the power of Green Lantern and Wildcat? I don't know how Sportsmaster does anything, but <laughs> I mean, I I try not to love Sportsmaster, but I am a fan. <laughs> uh, she continues and says, also, the actor who plays Sportsmaster, Angie's dad, does not look old enough to have appeared decades ago. And then she finishes with, thank you for bringing joy to me and my family in this rough times we are living in. This is a beautiful email. Um, Do you have something to say about your dad and how old he looks, Angie? I mean, it runs in the family because daddy looks amazing. Uh, No, I think it's the same thing where we really need to question how they all look so good. And I'm not just talking about their actual looks, but like how young they look. So it's got to be something. It's either uh, Dragon King's uh, experiments or it's some sort of time travel-y deal-y. I think season two is going to... I mean, not to get into the episode discussion already, but it seems like they're going to be elevating even further to more of like a mystical thing, perhaps in season two, two with like one of the final reveals. So who knows? I mean, really, at this point, it's just like the shrug emoji, but I'm also very excited. So if you picture the shrug emoji, but like with a really happy, that's what I look like right now. <laughs> I like that visual. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think we're going to get to the episode. Um, I just want to start by, I think we can start with a general. Did you think the season was like a complete, full, perfect season of TV? Um, or uh, do you think there was something they could have done differently? Like, for example, if the show had gotten canceled, which it didn't, would you have still felt like this was a perfectly rounded season? Not that think? I, yeah, not that I want it to be canceled, obviously, but this really was like, it was such a perfect season of television, even like outside of the superhero genre, even if you take out the superhero 
ness of it. It was still just a very well done first season. It felt to me like the show knew exactly what it was from the beginning and what it wanted to be. And it really like spent that first season in building what it wanted to be. There was no, you know, sometimes in TV shows, it takes like a first season, maybe two for them to really figure it out. Like, for yeah. me, that's the first season of Parks and Recreation. Like, I love 100%. that show. I love that show. But that first season is kind of rough, right? And they take a while to figure out who their main character is. And we know who Courtney motherfreaking Whitmore is from the very beginning. And I just really appreciated that they had such a strong vision and that they threw in so many details for us to follow and that paid off later and that they were able to balance all of these characters and all of these things that they wanted to develop with everyone I just thought it was really well done my only complaint is I want more I mean and that's not really a complaint is it 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 isn't and um I I started with that question because we sort of sometimes we try to keep the comments we make to ourselves as we watch the episode to the minimum because we want to have those discussions while we are recording the episode for you guys. Um, but one thing we did say was, wasn't this just like the perfect season of TV? Like everything, it feels like they paid off everything. Sure, they were they could have spent more time on a few things, but it, even the things I was complaining about, Rick, for <laughs> example, in particular, his emotional arc. I felt like at the end of this episode, I was like, who is this soft boy? I just want a beautiful boy. What? (laughs) What? And then all the moments with Corny and Pat felt like so much payoff. Um, And then I just, I really also love that they gave us a happy kind of quiet moment at the end to sort of take it in because sometimes shows don't do that. And we live as fans, we live for those happy moments, even if they're tiny. Mm-hmm. And we needed that happy moment, right? Because some there was so much, there was so much action in this last episode that we needed to breathe. Like we needed to just relax into the ending a little bit. And this first, uh, this like first season finale just really did that. And then, I mean... <laughs> Should we talk about the final final scene later? Maybe we should push that to later. Okay. I think maybe we should start talking about what has been really the centerpiece of the season, which is, I think, Courtney and Pat's relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, because I cried like five times. I cried when <laughs> she was like at the near the beginning when she's like, no, it's Courtney, your daughter. And I was like, wait, wait, let me pause this so mm-hmm. I can process my emotions. And then she was like, I need you. I need you now, Pat. And he was fighting. And then when, when they break him out of the the mind control, and he's like, I, I heard everything you said. And she's like, I meant everything. And I thought, that's a lot. But mm-hmm. I thought, that's what we're going to get. And mm-hmm. it was good. And I was happy. I was content. I was like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. And then we got Pat saying, um, when Jordan is all like, well, why are you going to fight me with? And Pat's all like, our daughter and, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then there's still more right Courtney pulls out the gift that she's gonna give Debbie dad all those years ago 
and gives it to Pat, and he's perfect, perfect. Like Luke Wilson really did the face that Pat is like when he sees it. It means mm-hmm. so much. And then Barbara looking on, it was like <laughs> with the same mug. She's looking on with like the matching mug. It was too much. I know, I know. Like, um, for a sh- like. Normally, I think we need chips for shows to sort of grab us. And that's because I don't know if shows know how to do relationships well enough. And maybe the only relationship they do know how to do in a way that makes us that make us feel things are romantic relationships. And then Stargirl came and proved that we really are fans of just good relationships because I don't need who the who wants romance right now? No, 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 no. Courtney has her family. And That's right. She has her mom. She has her dad. Forget about Deadbeat Dad. We're never bringing him up again. She has Mike. And she has a team. And they're a family now with the complete and dog and everything. There's a picture to prove it. I know. Okay. Go cry. I, I had to, I had to pause and like collect myself and I am glad, though, that the first, like, your daughter line happened 10 minutes in. Because if this whole thing were, like, prolonged throughout and I was just, like, waiting for this moment throughout the episode, it would have been just unbearable. So I'm glad I started crying about 10 minutes into the episode and basically continued off and on since. Um, I had a water bottle next to me the entire time. I do like, so this whole time, Lizzie and I have been speculating like, oh, there's going to be a dad line, right? Like she's going to call him dad. But instead, and what I really like about this detail is that the focus is on Courtney and Courtney's identity. It's about her identity as Stargirl. It's about her identity as being a friend and a teammate and a daughter at and the show is called Stargirl. So, of course, the focus is on her. So, the fact that she defines herself as like, oh, it's your daughter. Like, she's not, she doesn't need to call him dad for this relationship payoff to happen. Does that make sense? I'm like still trying to figure out my feelings <laughs> I, about I this. But that's kind of where I landed. Where I was like, it's her like taking even more ownership of who she is and who she's become over the course of this first season. I, I agree. Like, I think we were all expecting dad, but I think the way they did it meant so much more than her just saying dad, especially because it was a team in the episode. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a thing that she said, like in a, a moment of danger that she might not be willing to say again when everything is quiet. Um, it was Courtney making a decision of how she is gonna, who she is and how she's gonna present herself mm-hmm. from now on. Um, this is her family and this is her dad. And that's it. And I think it's especially meaningful considering she spent almost the entire season hanging on to the idea of Starman as her dad when she had her dad right there. Right in the front whole of her. time. She didn't need this fake. Starman dude who is also apparently still alive and completely oh, useless. Because why are you alive? 
where were you when Pat needed you for all these years? You are the most useless superhero ever. And don't you dare come try to get the staff back. The staff has a new owner. Bye, Starman. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm going to have to return to yelling about Sylvester. Um, but first... <laughs> Let's, I'm going to put a pin on that for a second because there were a lot, there was a lot more dad things in this episode that I think is worth calling out. Um, the way that Jordan goes out of his way to explain to that little girl in the beginning what's happening and how she's like trying to wake up her dad. Right. And then we see like they're in a like eventual reunion later. So it's kind of like the episode was bookmarked with this like little girl and her dad. Right. So, also, is that a little girl? The actress playing that little girl is she Morgan Stark? She, doesn't she kind of look okay? Okay, okay, wait. I I know I'm very Marvel oriented. Like I see everything <laughs> through Marvel, but <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, Nah, that's not that's not Morgan Stark. This is not because I mean she she's probably grown up a bit since we saw Endgame, and we are recording this episode just you know before the episode is out. We can't IMDb it. That's we, so true. There's no way for us to know for sure, but I would say she was the girl who played Morgan Stark. She looks a Avengers. lot like her, at least, like her sister. I was like, Morgan, why are you here? I know. Who is another character with such strong dad feelings? Like, the dad feelings in this show were just, like, off the charts, man. And then you had Shiv killing her dad. So that's I... kind of like the, like... Off, on the opposite spectrum of what's happening to Courtney. Courtney really embraces the father in her life and Shiv kills her dad, which was a big surprise for me, actually. How about you? I mean, I was shocked because he was the first, like, sort of big. Um, but then it became a trend and then I, I sort of saw that they were just getting the adults out of the way. Mm-hmm. So... After a while, I was like, okay, this makes sense. I, I, I don't think we know for sure what happened to Tigress and Sportsmaster. Um, we get no confirmation if they're gone for sure. Hopefully not, because we actually like them. Um, the gambler is still alive. But, um, and I mean, Rick and his emotional growth and the, didn't kill Solomon Grundy, which is another thing we really have to discuss mm-hmm. in detail later, because we have thoughts about that. Um, but I think honestly, uh, the characters who ended up dying, even though there's no one to take the brainwave mantle because they already killed Henry Jr. I kind of agree with no one to take the brainwave mantle for now because brainwave is just too, it, it, he's a kind of character who's too powerful to have him mm-hmm. around. It's hard to build plot around a character that knows everything. Um, right. so bye. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to bring Henry Jr. back on our side, then we'll take him. But if not, bye. Um, and then, and then Jordan. Oh, can we talk about Jordan's like costume or whatever that? Was? Like, what was he wearing? Well, I don't. I don't understand. Were those cargo pants? Like, like what is why? he doing? Like, why? An entire like, closet full of impeccable designer suits, and he puts on cargo pants to fight crime. And what was that, like, thing around his neck? Like, it was so big that I was like, okay, does this mean something? Like, does it have powers? Like, because it, that's a huge-ass necklace for a dude. I <laughs> don't, I don't understand. But I think it was really 
interesting how he is no longer polished and like put together and he becomes like really unhinged yeah. in this episode like after he talks to a little girl i'm talking about like more towards the end once the plan starts falling apart and he's actually fighting which we'll return to that fight scene because that was super cool but in the same way that his costume is super ugly we can say that his soul is ugly okay like he is right. Like Barbara says, he is out of his damn mind the way that he's trying to rationalize his plan. Like, I'm glad he got hit by the truck. I am not going to say I'm going to miss him. Right. Um, bye, Jordan. Like, bye. Um, he, he was sort of interesting for a few moments, but he never ended up being, like, as compelling a villain. I, I, I actually do think the show managed to have a compelling argument for the villain. Not necessarily Jordan was compelling. The argument that he was trying to make about, like, he even tells a little Morgan Stark that the people are going to wake up and they're going to believe in all the things they should, all the right things. Mm. And then it, you're like, I mean, he is right, but, like, when he is willing to kill a quarter of the population to get it is he right like mm. does the end the end justify the means and all of that and that i think that is a good moral point to bring up in like in a first season of a superhero show oh yeah it was it was surprising how much the villain's logic made sense because sometimes i mean a lot of the time yes these villain logic argument just they're just they don't hold any water like i think the one from if we're looking at like mcu villains i would say like i can kind of see where killmonger is going with this i can kind of see where like zemo was going with his plan in civil war like i can kind of understand those but if you go if we're going back to dc like if you think about some of like lex luther's plan which we've talked does that really do anything? Like, I don't understand why you want to, like, cover North America in water. Like, I don't, what is, what is that going to accomplish? So this particular one I appreciated because you can kind of understand where they're coming from. And that's always nice to have with a villain. I agree. Um, I, I, I think the plan was more interesting than the villains themselves. But the plan works. So the whole thing kind of works. Um. Do you want to talk about the fight scene for a little bit? Of course. I mean, the fight, like the first shot of them going, like when they're running towards each other is perfect. But also the the individual fights within the fight scene, like those kids were kicking the ISA's ass. Oh, totally. Yeah, it was, I've been saying this the entire season, but that fight scene was cinematic. Like it could have been in a superhero movie for sure. With Grundy, I was getting total Hulk vibes. Right. Especially, yeah, especially when you had Stripe versus Grundy. And I was like, okay, this is exactly like Tony Stark in the Hulkbuster armor trying to take like fight Hulk and calm him down. Like, this is exactly like I've seen this, but it's in the DC way. And I really just enjoyed seeing all of these different fight styles intermingling and how interesting it was when they all like paired off with another like kind of how you tracked um like that fight scene in civil war you're like oh who because that says a lot about who they are as characters like who they paired up with to fight in this fight scene like really made sense to me 
I agree. The The only thing that didn't really make sense was at the beginning, like because you need the fight scene to last a little longer. There was a moment where Sportsmaster was holding his own with Rick. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, at this point, Rick should have just like one punch and been like, bye, Sportsmaster. <laughs> but I mean, they needed the scene to last a little longer. Um, mostly so they could get everyone to their place. And I think that's what worked well. Everyone had a... Um, a place in this everyone had a role to play um we thought the roles they had to play was we thought rick was going to be killing grundy mm-hmm. um and yolanda was going to be doing anything but killing brainwave um so i think that was a shocker not yeah. really once you think about it but considering that she said it when she said it i was like oh yolanda you never say those things in like serious finales season finales like <laughs> that's like a bad um, <laughs> but um i also i mean let's talk about that moment i i really love that they brought the actor back for a second there because i think we all had this moment where we wanted him to be henry jr but we yeah. really knew he wasn't it was like oh, this would be so good to be through but it's not right um and i also i mean honestly and I, I know Yolanda's going to go through a whole thing probably for a season. She's going to have her issues with her religion and that she killed a man. But Brainwave had to be killed. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to say. Like sometimes in superhero, like I, sometimes I know the good guys are the good guys and killing is bad. But sometimes they have, have these moral dilemmas in superhero things. And I'm like, yeah, but some people cannot be left alive. You're supposed to understand within the context of the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. And she knows, she says to Courtney, I know it's wrong, but I did it. And like you said, it's going to be interesting to see like the toll it takes on her or like the guilt that she can feel because of it. But man, she's a BAMF for sure. Like that was, Ooh. that was a real hero moment. And I right. think she, it needed to happen and she was the one to do it. Right. So that kind of shows how much the team can like put value on Yolanda because she can really hold her own. Like, yeah, she's wildcat, but she is the one who had to like leave the fight scene to like go take care of this machine business. And you know what? She did it. And you know what? She saves Courtney later too. So let's talk about that because she really jumps off a building to save Courtney. Courtney. Like, no hesitation whatsoever. My friends in trouble jump off a building to see if I can catch her because she must. There was no way to know for sure, um, especially because she hasn't exactly been trying to see how she's jumping off buildings. And it ties to the episode they had, where the episode called Wildcat, when they were at at the top and. Courtney wanted her to jump to like mm-hmm. sort of test her her powers and she wouldn't. I don't know if you remember. I do. And yes, now, again, another parallel. Right. And now she jumps for Courtney. And like I know there's nothing romantic there, but like if you wanted me to ship something, it was gonna be that. <laughs> exactly. It's like that line in the Princess Bride where she's like, where she, um, Buttercup just throws herself down the hill for Wesley. That's what that felt like for me. Like, regardless of whether it's romantic or not, like, 
that is real love between Yolanda and Courtney. You don't just jump off a building for anyone. Right. Um, so Yolanda had a really good episode. Um, and I think we can't and should talk about the other kids before we go into Rick because I think he had a bigger oh, arc. Wait, let's go into Beth, I think, be- okay. first. Because I think part of her journey was sort of realizing that Chuck isn't doing everything. Mm-hmm. Just, just as he loses, she loses Chuck. Um, there's a moment at the beginning where Beth is the one who figures it out. Like, yeah, her she's got brain. the tool. Yeah, she's got the tools, but it's her brain. And then the team gives her like the reinforcement that they weren't good at giving her before. They're all like, "Great job, Beth! You did it, Beth!" And like the comms. And then at the end, I think they all come together and they are there to sort of support her. Like. We'll get Chuck back. We're here for you. And, and it's sort of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard when you lose your best friend, right? Because that's who, right. as much as like we say that Yolanda and Courtney are basically best friends, like Beth didn't really have a similar bond with anyone on the show outside of Chuck. So it's going to be nice to see her bond with the team even more and not be as reliant. Like, Obviously, the Chuck technology is pretty dang cool, and I hope that we get it back. In fact, I'm sure we're going to get some version of it back. But I think this was needed for Beth to kind of like what happened with Courtney is like to come into her own power a little bit more and not be reliant on this idea of like Chuck being her only like way to be a superhero. Right. I wholeheartedly agree. And, um, my only other question regarding Beth is where is Hootie? Like it, it's an entire season. And Angie and I here every week messaging each other. Like, where Where's is the owl? Where is he? You think he would show up for the Avengers fight that was happening? Wouldn't you right? love to have an owl flying around in there to help? Come on. <laughs> oh, so but maybe that's something that they are planning to bring into with season two, especially what happened with the goggles. Um, but I'm just interested in seeing, yeah, the, the way this will bring Beth closer to the rest of the team, what they have to do. Because at the end, the, that scene they have on the bleacher, they feel like a team, the Thank four you. of them. So that's good. Okay, we can talk about our, I am going to say it now, completely unironically, our baby boy right now. <laughs> Sweet. Our sweet little angry cinnamon roll who right? now is like slathered in like a delicious cream cheese frosting and I just want to snuggle all up in that cinnamon. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I love him so much. He smiles now, Angie. Like big smiles, little smiles. And he hugged. They're, they had a group hug and he joined. Not only he did he join, do you see the way he was like, holding his girls, like, making sure he was, like, <laughs> like <laughs> hugging all three of them. Like, he, oh, I just, I love that hug. Because it felt like he was trying to, like, like, he, his girls, sort of, that was the vibe that, that was going. And not in a romantic way at all. Mm-hmm. It was so, it's so beautiful to see, like, these best friendships develop in a team and how, who would have thought that Rick would be the one to scream affirmations 
during a fight scene where he's yelling at Pat, like, Pat, you don't need a damn robot. Go save right? your life. Who would have thought in, like, episode five or whatever it was when we first met him that right? this would be where we would end up? And it is so beautiful. I, I was so proud of Rick, especially. And I, I do think that has a lot to do with what he's gotten from Pat that he can give it back. He hasn't had a good role model um, of the parental kind. I don't think any of these kids have, so it's okay, fine. You can all adopt Barbara and Pat. Mm-hmm. It is accepted. You are part of the family now. And they were there for Christmas, so this is a thing that already happened. Um, but um, I was super proud of Rick in, in that moment, and then I was super proud of him um, for choosing. Like, I think we all saw something in Grundy's eyes, mm-hmm. um, and that gave us pause as viewers. And Rick saw it too. And before he would have let anger take over, even though he saw it. And and this time he was like, oh, I just can't. And it was part that maybe Yolanda's words were getting to him. And it was part growth. Yeah. He, he knew what the right decision was. And it wasn't just to kill someone in cold blood who is not defending themselves, really. Um, so he did... And then he tried to deny it, of course, because he's still a teenage boy. When Sir Justin is like, oh, you let him go. And Rick's like, my time was up anyway. It's like, no, we see you, Rick. We see your soft side. Don't deny it. Sweet baby boy. Yeah, I think it would definitely be different if it were like Brainwave, who was directly responsible for killing his parents. But Grundy was basically like the tool for the ISA like he went out and did the dirty work and he didn't I don't know if his intentions are necessarily bad it seemed to me like he was kind of just being like he was just being what he he is yeah so I actually I haven't read a lot of comics with Grundy in it so I I don't know how villainous and intentional he actually is but it seems like in this show it was that like that get out of here you stupid animal line like really seemed to ring true like he just lacks the intelligence to really know what he's doing what did you think i mean i have seen him portrayed as an anti-hero of sorts um and i know that in some comics he has actually become um a superhero or like cross over with the good guys a little bit um so i also felt like there was like he was the tool like maybe he wasn't he really didn't know what he was doing or that there was a part of him inside that was sort of trapped within this monster Mm. um because they 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 did a close-up on his eyes and his eyes looked like they were scared almost inside this big ass uh, body and it kind of reminded me of Hulk in a bit like the lack of control maybe he is not in control mm. yeah so, that's that's actually a really good point yeah so I, I was I, th- I think it's super interesting that Rick l- let him live I don't think this is the last we'll see of him so Rick's gonna have to deal with those emotions again hopefully in a more constructive way because <laughs> our Rick has grown um so, and then he's now got friends in parental units um, that are actual parental units um, that he can talk to. And 
I just now really love Rick, um, and I hope someone gets to punch his uncle next season. <laughs> yeah, maybe a way for like Grundy to make up for what he did to Rick would be to like go punch his asshole uncle. Yeah, that'd be right. great. <laughs> so, so we can. I, I just hope we get to keep soft rick the one from that bleacher scene where courtney asks him if he's okay and he sort of like half smile but he looks like so soft and also wait i forgot hmm. he needs to stop with the hair gel because when his hand was all messed up i was like Ooh, what is this thing going on he's like wow you actually look like if you've been looking like this from the beginning i would have been able to tell you apart from the other white boys <laughs> How, how did we become a hair podcast? <laughs> like, every know. episode we talk about someone's hair, I feel. But hair gel... <laughs> look, let's, let's be honest. Hair gel is for supervillains, okay? Mm, very this true. Is, this is a thing in, in superhero shows. So Rick needs to stop with the hair gel. Yeah. He needs to shift to maybe like, you know, those lighter hold hairsprays. You know, yes. like one that still gives volume without weighing it down. Let's put in the direction of some drugstore hairsprays, perhaps. I mean, it's not that it matters when he's in costume anyway. <laughs> uh, but I, I really like the, the hair, the messy hair on Rick. And then that's, that's it. I'm done with Rick feelings. We can okay. move on. We can move I'm... on to Mike, I guess. <laughs> he didn't really have much screen time this episode but when he was on screen he certainly made it very clear that he was there right like he he came on through with that car uh when i when i watched the episode i texted lizzie and i was like do we know if icicle is actually dead because i didn't really see like for sure if like let's think about what happens when you get hit by a car Right? I mean, this is really morbid, but... <laughs> <laughs> but let's do it. But let's think about it. How fast was Mike going? Number one. Number two, if Icicle was, like, in his, like, Icicle form, does that make it worse or make it better for when he's getting hit by a car? Like, I feel like we didn't really... Like, we got a close-up of the body with Brainwave. We know for sure, like, he's... He's done, right? Dragon King, we're yeah. basically assuming that you can't survive getting stabbed in the like internal organs area. Right. But with the car thing, I was like, eh, I mean, are they kind of leaving it open? Or like, did you see like him getting really like fatally hurt, Lizzie? I mean, um, we saw pieces of ice fly, but that also all the depends on whether he can put the, the pieces of ice back together right. or not <laughs> so, so i don't know if, if his powers extend to like he's little pieces of ice and he like they become water and he like they come back to i don't know uh, i assume that if they wanted to bring him back they could because this is a comic book show I also kind of assumed that he was dead mostly because i think they moved on to the kids Mm-hmm. I think they want to move on to the next generation. I was kind of surprised that they didn't bring in Cameron even for a second because we got the Fiddler's kid for more than I expected. Right. Uh, 
so I expected Cameron, like, even, like, if he's going to take the mantle or whatever is going to happen with Cameron. Um, like, I, I I said maybe Courtney was going to be responsible for Jordan. She wasn't, not really, but I think you can make the argument that she was sort of tangentially involved so his grandparents can go, well, your girlfriend killed your dad, so mm-hmm. now you just have to become evil and avenge him or whatever. So yeah. they can do a junior ISA. Yeah, and we definitely got Shiv taking her daddy's spot and rifling through some boxes and finding a clip. So, which I wasn't ready for like a season two drop like that right away. We're not building to this at all. It's like, boom, I found a clip. So I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, a clip. So like, are you going to go that big? That's like, okay. If you, if you, I mean good for you i guess i don't know um um i think we talked about all the villains but we haven't talked about pat and barbara we talked about pat and courtney but pat and barbara this episode the kiss kiss on top of the building with the kids looking on i mean just just the way he showed up like luke wilson look like, I mean, we've been talking about finding Luke Wilson hot the entire podcast, so I don't think you will be surprised by what I'm going to say. But dirty Luke Wilson, that, like, when he was up there and he was all covering grime, and, like, I don't know what it is about grime that makes men more attractive, but you can check with Henry Cavill if yeah. you don't believe us. This is a thing that happens, because Superman versus The Witcher, mm, clearly are different. And, yeah. and then Luke Wilson did that, and he was standing there all, like, grimy. And I was like, Luke, this is a good look for you. Yeah, I mean, I love I love a man that looks like he's been working with his hands. Am I right? Like, he was all, he was all dirty, and he can get it. And he did yeah. with his wife. So I'm going to yep. respect that moment. But yeah, and real good. And also, how did he grab her? Like, was he hanging on by, like, her coat? What did he grab? Like, I watched that scene five times, and I was like, but how did she not fall? How did I, he... she was Yeah, he... it seemed like he grabbed her by, like, the... By her forearms, and then just, like, did a bicep curl and got her up there. <laughs> but, like, the amount of upper body strength that you need to pull someone up from that position... I was okay, like, Pat, what are but, you doing? To be fair, the man works with cars, right? He's probably out in the back, like flipping tires and stuff. We don't know his. We don't know what he's doing to work I out. Mean, like, I'm, I'm gonna say if this is all because he went training with Sportsmaster. Sportsmaster is a dumbass. He lost <laughs> in this one because he trained Pat to pull his wife up from there and then yeah. get the kiss that he deserved and. <laughs> And then the cookies that he deserved. Exactly. <sighs> Do what a perfect episode. <laughs> okay, here's the thing though. We need to talk about Sylvester. Because that's how uh... Okay, okay, okay. So I legitimately thought we were following Deadbeat Dad. And I was like, why are we why are we ending this season with Deadbeat Dad? What do we need to see? And I, I was, was so about the locket. I was, I was like, so okay, so mad. maybe Deadbeat Dad is evil. And then it was Joe Michael and I was like, no you <laughs> where have you been, bro? 
You've missed so much. Right? It's like, but, like, I mean, maybe he could have said, oh, well, it was all quiet for a long time. But he legitimately, we quote unquote, almost saw him die. So he left after all his friends died. He was like, you know what? Bye. I'm going on a hiding. Bye, Pat. Forgetting That's about you. And then. No, and then after all that happened in Blue Valley, he's going to show up now. If I, I'm telling you, if he wants a staff, he and I are going to have problems. We're going to have so words. We're gonna... Yeah, right. And then Pat's going to have words because I think the whole problem here, the whole issue, is that they're going to try to pit Pat's family now with his family then, which was Sylvester. Mm. Um, and I do not like that. Okay, take it back. Take Sylvester back. Let's finish the episode with stars and stripe, um, with um, Stargirl and her staff flying around with stripe for whatever reason, no reason other than the cool visual. Um, mm-hmm. And then take us back there, yeah. Right, just take Joe McHale back. I don't want it. It's like it. I think this can be, and I think we should actually do this. That could be a whole separate episode, right? To like fill in our time in between season one and two is that as much as they laid groundwork for this season, they also laid in a lot of groundwork for a season two. So we can talk about like what we assume Sylvester's role could be in season two, especially as we're heading into like an Eclipso big bad like holy crap and like i think that was shade that turned up at the end too like i'm like who are who are these new villains are just showing up at the end it was it was very it's very exciting at least like it's kind of overwhelming but still exciting it felt to me like it had to be shade because of the way they focused on the painting right but also because of the way they talked about him before Mm-hmm. So it sort of had to be, but the way he made it seem, it made it seem like they were all gone and we know they're not all dead. I would really like a confirmation that Angie's dad, Sportsmaster, is not dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, like, I actually really, really like him. I don't want to, but I do. I need confirmation that my parents, Sportsmaster and Tigress, are okay. And they're just in the backyard doing deadlifts with their daughter. That's all That's all I need to know is that that family is okay and working out. Yes. And I guess as for the rest of our... What was it that Mike called it? Um, the Whitman, uh, Dugan, the Dugan yeah. Whitman family... Uh, that apparently includes Rick, uh, Yolanda, and Beth. And, Beth. No, no, and the dog. But, like, no one's complaining here because those three kids really need actual good parents. And so, like, but, like, the thing is, you don't really, like, I don't know. Maybe in, in my family, maybe they spend some time with their family, though hopefully Rick didn't spend time with their uncle. But, like, mm. you don't really hang out at Christmas with your friends maybe one friend i don't know um yeah that that's a really good point right because christmas is about family which could mean you're like adopted family and that's what you have yeah adopt adopt those kids because i mean we haven't seen bad's parents again but i'm really worried that they're dead because they haven't been able to feed themselves (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. And Yolanda's family, like... Yeah, that ended up being very one note because they only brought them one episode. Like, I had hopes for that storyline, but since it was just one episode, it ended up being very one note. Um, Mm -hmm. To that point, though, um, if they're never coming back again and Pat and Barbara are just adopting these kids, okay, I'll take it. Fine. We got... Courtney's got two sisters and a new brother. So two sisters, two brothers, she's fine. Big family. Yeah, but also, like, that gives us more for season two, seeing what happens with these different families now that they're, like, forming this team and, like, family of their own. What about the effects on their, like, blood families, too? That'll be really interesting. Right, because presumably... um, well, I mean, Jolanda has two parents. Beth has two parents. Uh, presumably, Rick is the easiest one to adopt. Please, let's adopt him because <laughs> we don't want his uncle. And then... Um, like actual I, paperwork. Rick needs to get papers, pull some papers, right. get a notary. I don't know how adoption works, but... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But um, I just... I mean, I just... I think in in the end, this new JSA that we got feels like a team we really really love um it isn't just star girl though i think brett did an amazing job we fell in love with courtney but we fell in love with the entire team we fell in love with pat um we fell in love with barbara we fell in love with mike there's not one character on this show that i'm like them um i even like some of the villains in considering what we trash talk about Sportsmaster before that is a big thing (laughs) so um, I, I really think kudos to Stargirl in general for getting us here. And this has been a super fun podcast because we've had a lot of good things to say. So hopefully we'll have a season two that allows us to do that too. Yeah. And who knows when season two is going to happen because they're going to start filming in 2021. So if you add in post-production, even if they start January 1st, it's still going to be at least like, a full year I think before we see season two so at least this gives us a lot of time to revisit this glorious first beautiful season of Stargirl like this this is the kind of show that I would rewatch just to like see like now that we've seen all of it I'm sure it's gonna be equally as fulfilling to do the rewatch and see like oh that's where they dropped that hit thought and that's how that pays off later and that could also be something that we do for our in-between time, Lizzie. Right. Like, you could see us react live. That could be something <laughs> we could try to figure out. If we could figure out that technology, because right. we're not the best. But if we'll you try. have any ideas of how we can do that, we accept those emails as well. Yes. Technical help. We need a tech support team <laughs> to help <laughs> us figure out. How to record live with live commentary. That that would be very helpful. Yes. Um, and I think that's it for our first season. Though you we're know, probably going to do a season recap. Uh, I I feel very happy with what we got to do and what we said this season. So, Yeah, and lest we forget, um, there is a title card towards the end that says dedicated to Courtney Elizabeth John. Oh, who yes. is the inspiration behind Courtney Whitmore. So I think we we at Stargirl Podcast should do the same thing and dedicate perhaps this our first season of our podcast to Courtney Elizabeth Johns as well. 
Absolutely. And that, that made me super emotional to see. Um, and it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure for us to watch the show with you. And we'll be here trying to figure out what we get from for season two and season two, whatever we get it. Oh, I'm still, I'm still super emotional, Lizzie, but I think I'm out of things to say, which is kind of the point of the podcast. Did you have anything left? No, unless we just want to cry on air for five minutes. This is probably it. (laughs) Cry at each other again. Uh, Well, guys, in the meantime, you can visit stargirlpodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. You can subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. If you haven't already, like you guys really made that happen for us so thank you if you haven't yet please we welcome more we do always don't forget that we're part of the dctv podcast network with podcasts for all the dc shows at dctvpodcast.com follow the network on social media at dctv podcast on facebook twitter and instagram last but not least you can subscribe to our mega feed on apple Podcasts, stitcher radio and google play DCTV Podcast also has its own Tee Public store. So if you're interested in DCTV-related merch, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear as it helps support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. If you have any questions or thoughts about Stargirl, email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a message on Twitter. See you later, guys. Thank you. Bye.